Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello and welcome to EO Atlanta's podcast, Entrepreneur's Flight. It is fabulous to be here today, and we have another very inspirational guest joining us. This guest is a very organized, passionate, inspirational leader, an instructor, problem solver, a very clever writer, creative thinker, entrepreneur, dynamic, driven, detail-oriented. There's so many attributes I could mention. Chief Executive Officer at Classic Vision Care, Ankit Patel. Hey, how are you, Sarah? I'm really good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good. How about you? I'm well. I almost didn't recognize you were talking about it first. So <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. So They are all true words, and um, they are a great reflection of what you have accomplished. So um, I'm really excited to get into our podcast today, Ankit, and uncover your story and really share some of those educational insights to our viewers and our listeners. So we're going to get started straight away, and I'm going to ask you our first very important question. What did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? You know, my first entrepreneurial journey was actually right out of college. And I, um, uh, I, I think what I got right was I found some, uh, I actually bought a franchise. It was a Liberty tax service, it was tax filing. And the reason why I say uh, the franchise was a good move at that point, because I didn't have much experience with business. So it was nice having someone who already figured out a lot of the elements with operations, um, sales and marketing, and I could learn from that. So I'd say that that is something that I definitely got right is getting that that help on the first business when I didn't have that experience ahead of time. That is fabulous to get that. How, how did you seek that help? Um, yeah, you know, it was actually a really good opportunity. I was looking at different things to to start. I had an entrepreneurial bug and um, wanted to start a business. And I was thinking about starting my own, um, but I came across this opportunity from, I forgot how I came across it. It was like, it was like 20 years ago, but I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, you know what? This would be a really good idea. And um, they also had at the time, uh, Liberty Tax Service, they had a special deal where, hey, you get one year. If you can't, if you don't make it within that year, then we'll take, we'll, we'll take it back. So I was like, okay, well, it's almost like a no risk type situation yeah. for me. Yeah, so. that makes a lot of sense. That's great. So you got a lot of expertise from starting out like that, I'm assuming, a lot of learnings. Yeah, that and you know, I, I've done since done um, other businesses that weren't franchises, but it was really helpful to see what it, uh, an established business, how they would run and operate. Yeah. yeah, very, very good. Fantastic. So who are or were your co-pilots on your entrepreneurial journey? So, you know, I started when I was still single in my early 20s. So my parents were really helpful with that for sure. Uh, my dad actually helped me out. He was one of my employees in my uh, uh, first business. So that, that was, that was nice. And he was really supportive with that. Yeah. 
Um, I think over time, it kind of uh, family has always been there as a constant. Now my wife and I actually are partners together in a business. And so I think family has been there quite a bit. Um, And, you know, having friends to lean on uh, has been instrumental as well, whether it's friends that that I had growing up or folks in places like EO helping yeah. lean on folks on in that group. Yeah, now that's great to hear that. So what is a challenge that you and your team had to solve recently? We had a challenge around, um, well, there's two. Um, they're both kind of nitty gritty problems. They're not, they're not like super like, okay, big, big world changing problems. But one was around just quality, um, quality around the, the phones and how patients are receiving it and how do we get more five-star reviews? Right. And so the team actually came up with a great, uh, a way of taking a look at, um, Hey, you know what patients are, uh, seem like they're not feeling the love from us as much. Right. So, uh, we decided, okay, you know what, why don't we change some of the verbiage we're using and the way we're talking to them, uh, as they come into the office. And then one of the biggest, I guess the, one of the biggest takeaways was at the end of the end of the experience, we always ask them, what was your favorite part of, of the exam? And from there, they were like, oh, this was great. And then we would ask them for a review. And we actually increased reviews quite a bit by just asking that one question at the end. There's other stuff too involved, but I thought that was kind of a neat little takeaway. Yeah, that sounds very important. Like how you communicate with people and letting them feel the love, so to speak, um, especially in a, in a direct-to-consumer business like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, reviews are, are really important for us. So we have yeah. to make sure we maintain that. But how did you actually go about and write like better copy and improve all that communications? Was that something you guys did internally? Did you hire an outside agency? All of the above. So we have a couple of consultants we work with from my own experience, and we tried to use the patient's words, right? And so when pa- patients would give us review feedback, they would say things like, oh, I really like this person, like uh, Mariah, she's one of our techs. And I was like, okay, I would call the patient and ask them like, Hey, what was it about this that made it so cool? Well, she really, I feel like she listened to me and she asked me questions that no one else asked. And I was like, okay, what were those questions? And so we wrote those down. And, and so we started seeing trends and themes when we started talking to patients on the ones that really liked us. And we started trying to do that more consistently with every patient versus, you know, um, not as consistent. I love that. You know, I, you're right. Asking the asking the patient, it sounds so obvious, but actually using the language that they use mm-hmm. and adopting that in your communication. So uh, I think it's very, I, I see a lot of businesses where we, it sounds bad, but we forget the customer, don't we? But it's actually, <laughs> it's, like, it's the customer yeah. that you're needing to speak to. So speak in the language which they speak. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah. that's, and that was the easiest, that was one of the easier things to implement and, you know, figuring out how to wordsmith it with consultants and, you know, to having the team look at it. We also did yeah. that as well, but yeah, it, that's where we started. Yeah. So did you, did you have to roll out kind of those kind of more friendlier communications across all your marketing assets? So we're in the, we're in the process of rolling it all out. Uh, so we have a lot of handouts that we had to redo, uh, but yes, we are, we are rolling that out. It's just, it, there's a lot of collateral we have to change over. So it takes sure. a little time. I'm sure. Gosh, that sounds great. So for anybody who's in a, you know, a similar situation like you, where they're, they're noticing that they need to, I don't know, lean in a bit more with their, with their customers, what piece of advice would you give to them? I'd talk to them, right? Get as much feedback, try to get the pulse, uh, at least dedicate some time every week to reach out to a customer and actually yeah. ask them directly, what was the experience like? 
Um, what was your favorite part? What was a part that you wish were different? What do you want to see more of? Some questions like that to really engage them and, and get feedback. Mm-hmm. And are you doing that over the telephone or how, did, how are you doing that? Mix. So we have brick and mortar stores. So if I'm in office, kind of occasionally I'll just ping a, a patient uh, and, or I'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's email. Uh, sometimes patients prefer that. So it just depends on right. the patient. Okay. And just sorry, one last question as I think about that, because uh, I'm in communications, obviously I, I care about all of the things you're talking about, but um, you know, is it, is it you doing it on kit? Does it have to be from you, the owner, or can it be from other people in the company? Uh, it, it's best if it comes from the owner. I be honest, I've delegated some of that at this point, but I get the most benefit when I do it. Yeah. Um, and really, if it really should be from the owner, but you know, I, yeah. I can't say I'm perfect with that, honestly. Okay. So I have, I do get help from my team with that as well. Yeah, no, I better. You're right. You've got to mix it up a little bit and you've got limited time, but sounds mm-hmm. like where you can, you try and do that, which I think is great. Yeah. So do you have a favorite book right now? I do. It's called okay. Hiring Talent by Tom Foster. Okay. Hiring Talent by Tom Foster. What, what is so good about this book? It just gave me a framework on how to think about hiring and people's capability and how to assess that properly in an interview and how to assess it properly in a work environment. So were you struggling in this area before? No, I thought we were pretty strong in this area, but it's one of those things that, okay, I know when you, when you get good at something, you realize how much you don't know. And I don't, I think we're a little bit, we're starting at decent at hiring. And I was like, well, there's so much more I don't know about it. And so as I dug in, it's like, okay, this is an area that I'd like to learn more about. And that book actually gave me a lot of that framework. So I think most of us have heard of behavior-based questions when we interview. Um, This is sort of taking that to another level in terms of how to frame it, how to look for things on resumes that really say if someone can actually do the job that you want them to do, how do you write the job description and mainly how do you uh, design the the key deliverables for this job and what type of person do you need to to hit those and what are you looking for from that? Um, And so that was really helpful to to have that framing because I think I, at least I had this challenge that um, I always think like, oh, this person seems so great. They have so much potential. I think I can get them to where they need to be and not falling into that trap uh, uh, of doing that and really hiring folks that are capable of the job and yeah. demonstrate a capability. They can come in day one and just about move things forward. Or, or maybe not even day one, maybe day 90, but there's right. a short time window that you know that they've demonstrated that they can do this in yeah. versus yeah. someone that just just pure potential. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So what excites you about your future? Like, what does your future of flight look like? So what's exciting me is where we're going next. And so, you know, we, about three years ago, we started taking a lot of our back office items and putting it uh, offshore in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And now we've actually been providing back office services for other optometry offices Mm -hmm. and other practices. And so that's been taking off really fast. And uh, I guess when you say flight, I guess uh, taking off. Yeah. Um, So I'm here all week. <laughs> Try the fish. Um, so the uh, that's what I'm really excited about because it's yeah. really fun. It's um, it's fun talking to other optometry business owners that I know the industry, helping them out and helping them uh, grow their businesses as well. Oh, that's great! So like providing consultancy as is it the consultancy and also any Ed development. Counts. It's actually doing their phone, answering the phones for them, inbound, outbound calling service, right. replacing a lot of the back office services with yeah. folks who are remote. So it's um, uh, so we have we actually are more closer to a staffing agency than a consulting, but we yeah. do a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really exciting. Okay, so Ankit, who are you? Like, so pre-flight, before you, mm-hmm. you said twenty years ago, I think you 
got into this uh, this crazy entrepreneurial life. Um, what did, what did, what was life like before? So it was very much. Uh, oh, I, I will tell you that um, it was very much like soul searching. Like, what do I want to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? I have a lot of um, uh, ambition, and I thought initially I thought I was going to be in the corporate world uh, when I and then I got my first job. And two weeks in, I had a project and the project was, it was a lot of work. I mean, it was a bunch of data crunching. I had to, um, I had to take, uh, uh, it was at the Delta uh, and, and my boss had asked me to do some data collection on, on driver times. Cause I was an engineer and that's what we did. We optimized driver times and whatever, uh, but they're all manual. And because this is before the age of electronics yeah. and computers. And so we literally went through, my, my partner and I went through 9,000 records manually over the course of two weeks and entered them in, into a database uh, with the, with the assumption in my head without, I, this is also a lesson learned, I guess, don't assume, but my assumption was, okay, we would be involved with the data process, how to analyze it, how to think about it, how to create a solution out of this. And that wasn't the case, right? Uh, after that, they said, okay, thank you for the work. See you later. Um, and they took all the, the person who was doing the product took all the credit for it and right. didn't. And so at that point I was like, yeah, no, not doing corporate. Yep. <laughs> so that was very well formed after my three weeks into my first job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, and in most of my entrepreneurial journey has been trying to find that, okay, wh- what's next for me? What do I want to do? How do I want to contribute? Um, and so pre-business, it was very much that exploration and building skills and just being, you know, 20 something yeah. or a teenager. Um, I, you know, I think, I think, um, and, and just finding things I enjoy doing and building skills. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. So it sounds like that Delta experience was like, is it because you want to you want to be able to own something? You know, whereas when you're in corporate, like you're giving a specific task, the owner, there's only you're not owning anything, are you really? You just well, that was the uh, shock, right? Because I had the assumption that oh, I would own, help own this project. I, I knew I wasn't going to be the head on the project. Yeah. I just started, right? I was like, okay, yeah. but you're going to be, I'm going to be included on it. But when I yeah. wasn't even mentioned. It was yeah. like, okay, yeah, that ownership piece came in. Um, and then I realized afterwards, it's like, okay, if you really want to build wealth, if you really want to have freedom, it's really tough to do that in a corporate job. Yeah. Um, and so that's another reason that attracted me to um, business. Now, I, I didn't I didn't go away from the corporate world for another five to 10 years, but yeah, it was. Right. Um, I would do, I would have my toe in both, both, both enterprises until it was financially viable for me to do it on my own. Yeah, that's good. And you made it work, which is fantastic. Yeah. So what problem do you solve and what impact have you made? So what problem we solve is, well, for the eye doctor business, we solve the problem of eye care and mm-hmm. eye health and making sure people see clearly, safely, and comfortably. Mm-hmm. With, the, um, with the new business that we have, uh, our, what, what our purpose is, is to help uh, 10,000 people over the next 10 years. So that means helping okay. people, employ people, helping clients, helping businesses. Um, so we, we can help people grow. So that's sort of the, the big picture. Why for us in this, in this, uh, uh, uh back office business right. that we have. That's exciting. Wow. Help 10,000 people over the next 10 years. And are yeah, those, yeah. those going to be like U S businesses? Can they be anywhere in the world? I, anywhere in the world, eventually, uh, we know the U S market. So we're starting there. Uh, we do have some Canadian, uh, clients as well. So it'll probably be North America at first. And as we probably, um, gradually grow from there. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. So I love this next question. I think our viewers may know what question I'm going to ask next. I always say, I love this next question. If you were to do this all over again, Ankit, would you do it all over again? 
Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, right. honestly, it makes me physically sick thinking about working for someone else at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, so I know it was really hard. Uh, it was tough, the ups and downs, but I, I feel like it was much more, it was a much more fulfilling life that I had yeah. going through this journey, even though there was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it would be tough. <laughs> Not going to lie, but I, I, yeah, I would do it again. Good. Yeah. To do it all again is exhausting, but you know, yeah, okay. that's great that you feel that way. You know, I don't think we've actually had anyone who really, I mean, there is that, you know, people do, you can tell they look exhausted, mm-hmm. but they love it. And you have to love it. Don't you? you have to love what you do to be doing it on your own. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, like I said, it's very, it wasn't happy all the time, but it was fulfilling, very yeah. fulfilling. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do outside of work? What passions do you have? So a lot of time right now, spending a lot of time with my kids mm-hmm. and playing with them. I have young kids, a nine and six year old right. and, uh, before, well, uh, playing sports. So doing judo. So that's one thing that I've been enjoying recently with my son. Um, I used to do that 20 years ago and got back into it now okay. with him. So that's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but between those two things, it's about, that's about it. I don't really have much time for, for, for a whole lot more else out of that other than, you know, normal, you know, workout routine. Yeah. No, that's great. That's, I mean, you're right. Kids and they don't, kids don't stay young for long as I know I have two yeah. teenagers. So taking the time to play with them now. So important. Um, so where can people connect with you? So some of the best ways to connect with me are usually via LinkedIn, um, Ankit Patel at Classic Vision Care or my email, Ankit at ClassicVisionCare.com. Okay. Very, very good. Well, this has been a great conversation and thank you for kind of sharing with us like things that you're working on, things that you're improving and, and giving some insight to other entrepreneurs, especially around kind of wrapping your arms around your clients and like being friendlier in your communications and asking the right questions, asking your customers questions. It's like, it's so obvious, but I think we forget that and we make assumptions of what we think our customer wants. And it's like, you sound like you've cracked that or you're working on cracking it even further. So I wish you really good luck with that, Ankit. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you today. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you to our audience. If you learned something today or you laughed, Please tell someone about this podcast, The Entrepreneur's Flight. It's very, very important to all of us entrepreneurs. We want to share our stories and really allow other entrepreneurs to learn from each other. So once again, thank you, Ankit. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much. It's been another exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight. See you next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.